Welcome to Celebrate Cultivate, a podcast about celebrating the good in life and cultivating more of what we want. I'm your host, Kayleen Seuss. My intention is to offer deep breaths, high vibes, and ideas for appreciating the magic in everyday life. Let's get to it. Hello, hello, friends. I'm delighted to share another episode in the season two series of conversations with people I admire and adore. We're talking all about celebrating, cultivating, changing, creating, and the magic in everyday life. Today, I have with me Katie Dalebout. I'm not even sure how I first came across Katie, but it was definitely on a podcast. I listened to her podcast, Let It Out, on and off for years. It's the kind of show that feels like my favorite book. I don't have to read it every day, but it's always there for me to pick up when I need it. Katie always seems to be connected with or speaking to really cool, inspiring, and creative people, but that might just be because she is a really cool, inspiring, and creative person. I saw Katie speak at an event here in Austin when we were all still gathering in places with strangers. And before launching my other podcast, That's Pretty Woo, my co-host Jordan and I took her podcasting workshop. So Katie's pretty much responsible for all the podcasting I've done in the last year and a half, which has been the most amazing experience. I got a chance to hang out with Katie and a few other lovely women on a warm November night last year. We ate at Laundrette for those of you who are local, and it was one of those evenings that just reminded me of how connected we all are and how sharing stories and experiences really helps us all expand and grow and also feel a little less alone in the world. Just a little bit more about Katie. She's a writer and podcaster and the founder of Let It Out, which is a community for sharing soft stories, the tender tales that connect us. Her weekly interview show that began in 2013 now has over 4 million downloads. And in 2019, she started Spiraling, a co-hosted anxiety show. And she also has a book called Let It Out, which is an interactive guide to journaling. Katie has taught all over the country and currently offers a beautiful series of workshops, which she calls KITS. Each KIT aims to help you feel supported during times of challenge and increase expansion during times of flow. They hold your hand while in process because we are all constantly in process. Katie has such an honest and creative way about her. I really admire how she commits to personal growth and exploration and how she supports others in doing the same. So Katie, welcome to Celebrate Cultivate. Wow, that was all so nice. Thank you so much for having me. This is really cool. And congrats on the multiple podcasts. And that night in in Austin, I was visiting family for Thanksgiving and we did a little Let It Out meetup. And it was so fun. It was like the best food and drinks and being out to dinner. And I miss that so much. It's my favorite hobby. <laughs> I know. I know. We all we all miss that quite a bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, listening back to that and, you know, just kind of absorbing all that it is that you do, 
you do a lot of different things and they're all related, but I'm super curious when you meet someone and they ask you, what do you do? What is your response? Oh, that's a good question. I I talk about this with people all the time. Like, what do you say to that question? And I usually say I'm a writer because, which is, you know, true. And I like, I like that as an identity. I want to write more, but I don't, spend my days writing. I do sometimes if I'm working on something or, you know, but I think that's just like an easier thing to say. And it's not not true. Like I write my kits and I write my podcast intros and I, and you know, and I I want to write another book someday and I want to, I'm not currently working on one, but I'm writing personal essays all the time and pitching and, you know, trying to do more freelance writing. Um, But I always, but I guess, you know, I'm one of those people who makes money in lots of different ways, you know? So like I might write a social media post or have you seen the movie Francis Ha? No. It's one of my favorite movies, but there's this scene where Greta Gerwig's character, Francis, is at a dinner party and someone asks that question, like, what do you do? And she's like, well, it's complicated. And they're like, oh, you know, because what you do is complex. And she's like, no, because I don't really do it. And she's a dancer, but she's like not currently dancing in the company, you know, so I kind of feel like that, you know, when, when I say I'm a writer, mm-hmm. but I also don't really want the, I guess the main thing I do is, is podcasts because I have two podcasts that are in season right now and I'm always doing and, you know, I've been podcasting for nearly a decade at this point. So that is probably a main thing mm-hmm. that I do, but, and I, you know, as you mentioned, help other people start podcasts now and you know, and I also teach about expressive writing and writing for emotional wellness. But, you know, to say I teach about expressive writing and emo- for emotional wellness, like it's not, it doesn't really encompass yeah. the full thing of what I do. And, and same with like, you know, writing and, and, and saying I'm a podcaster, I have like a little bit of, um, not shame, but like, it's not really something I want to say when I first meet someone, because, you know, 10 years ago, with blogging, it was kind of like, if I said I was a blogger, it was like, well, okay, everybody has a blog, you know? And I kind of feel like podcasting is like that now. Um, And so if Mm -hmm. I say, oh, I'm a podcaster, it's like, oh, really? Like, are you on a network? It's like, no, it's independent, but like, I've been doing it for, you know, I feel like I need to qualify it, which is, which is interesting. So um, anyway, very long-winded way of saying what I usually say to, if I just meet a new person, I'm just like, I'm a writer. And then they're like, oh, what do you, you know? And I'm like, oh, I wrote a book, you know? So I, I can usually like get away with that with a new person, but, <laughs> but it's complicated. You know, I just moved to a new city and I have like, I, you know, not just, but, um, yeah, you know, I'm constantly meeting people in, in and out of groups of friends and even like dating. And I'm always just like, I'm a writer, but there it's, uh, it is complicated <laughs> in a Francis Haas sort of a way. Yes, totally. Why do you think we find comfort in the simplicities of labels like writer when it comes to our work? Like what, do you think it's just because we don't want to get into it or you think there's something else there? I don't know. I I think it's a really American idea I'm finding of like that question, even what do you do? Because Mm. where was I? I think I remember having this conversation quite a bit. I spent a lot of last summer in France and, you know, that's not really a question that they, they more ask like what, who are you or like, what do you, what do you like, you know? And, and more so than Mm -hmm. what do you do? And, and even like, 
this I I live in in Highland Park now in in Los Angeles and and I feel like with my group of friends here that I've fallen into this community that I really love and I'm so grateful for it's a bunch of people kind of non-traditionally living their lives and doing a bunch of different things some of them have full-time jobs I guess some of them you know work in you know some sort of freelance capacity and it kind of feels like everyone does that now a little bit because even the people who do have full-time jobs work from home and that's like a bit more flexible now Mm -hmm. it's like everyone kind of goes out and does their creative thing and then we come back and we talk about like our feelings and you know what's (laughs) like what happened with us that day and like weird interactions we had and you know what's going on in the world and and you know people that we know and it's like I forget what we do because it's just kind of, and I think it's a very, it's a, it's a question that really only matters when you are meeting someone new in a, in a certain context. And I think once you're like in a community or family, like, like think of a family even, or like a really tight community. It's like, mm-hmm. no one really, you know, it's it, like, if you think of the show friends, like nobody really gave what anyone else did like it was kind of a part of it and you like would ask about it but it wasn't like you don't really have to talk about it after you know you know Mm -hmm. totally totally I love that it's so true it's it's like a gatekeeper kind of question that is like a default that just occurs and I would even wonder in everyday conversation if people even really are listening for the response like or if it's like just something that we do when we're getting to know somebody and then like you said as you get to know them deeper it's really less important because there's so many other questions that you'd rather talk about or ask yeah I mean I think it's an identity I mean I'm always interested Mm -hmm. you know I'm always interested in that and I'm always interested where people are from Mm -hmm. um and I'm always interested like you know, in where people live now currently, like those three things are kind of the first things I want to know about people. And I don't know why that is. I think it's a a cultural thing, I'm sure. Totally. When you sit down to work or do whatever it is, what rituals or rhythms have you cultivated that you utilize to kind of lead into those things? Oh, that's so funny, Kayleen. So tomorrow, the day we're recording this, I'm starting my the first time I'm ever doing something called Creative Underdogs, which is a, I'm calling it a creative incubator. It's like I'm bringing people together and it's a support group and I guess you can call it group coaching, a place to bring your creative projects to ripen and have support and community and habits and routines Mm. and rituals because I need those and this will be really good. And I'm bringing in my, what I call... I feel like a creative underdog and I know people who I call life artists who are people who like bounce between many creative projects. A lot of people in Highland Park that I like are in my like friend group are like this and they expand me. Like they're my expanders of like how to, you know, navigate doing a lot of things and living your life and having a lot of peace while doing that. So I'm bringing in my friends to, to teach and kind of like give Ted talks and, interview them for this group. And so I was looking at their routines and habits and, and I used to have several, like I used to have all these like rituals and like I had to, I would eat the same thing for breakfast every day. And I would like drink the same 
herba mate tea every day when I lived in Michigan. And then I like had a different routine when I was in New York, but like was really pretty rigid about it. Or I would go to this certain co-working space or cafe or whatever. And I would get into these routines for a while and then they would only last me for a bit. And then I would get sick of it and eat another one and go back to one. And I was constantly doing that. And then this year, 2020, and really last year too, like last year I became so dysregulated by by getting really depressed, honestly. And like I, all the normal things that worked for me no longer worked for me. And so all my habits and routines went out the window and I was just kind of flailing everywhere and trying to just like keep my head above water. And as a reaction to that, I went on a year of of traveling, really. It ended up being a year and then moving um, across the country like pretty unexpectedly, which ended up being correct. You know what I mean? Like that's the biggest way I can describe it. And, you know, between spending most of this year fully dysregulated, all of my habits and routines creatively really went out the window of like, I spent January in Bali alone. And like, I used to not really eat breakfast and and just kind of like get right into work. And this place that I was staying would bring this like beautiful breakfast every morning. And I'm like, well, I guess I eat breakfast first thing in the morning here. And I like don't really work. And I like work Mm -hmm. at night or like, and I just like kind of made it work. And then I went to Australia and I was like with friends who, they worked very differently from me. They were like, well, we kind of, we need have so much work to do today, but you know, do you want to go to the beach this morning? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And then we would like work later or not. And it was fine. And then like, suddenly I had been around people for months in Australia. And then I was in LA and it was a pandemic and I was alone and I was like kind of overworking and only working and working kind of all the time because there was nothing really else to do. Um, Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have any habits and routines and boundaries around that. And then in 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 June this year, I moved into a place where I was just really distracted and having so much fun that I was like barely creating and I was mostly just taking in. And my my point with all of this is I was I've been in all these different environments and have had all these different and then most recently I moved into a place on my own and um and you know, now I'm taking ceramics classes and I'm making ceramics and I'm writing and I, I'm doing all these different creative projects and um, I'm a beginner at something and it's hard and I get frustrated and I don't really have anything. And I think that, you know, being flexible, if you're too rigid, you break, right? And I think I I had broken, mm-hmm. you know? And so now I, I put myself back together and I'm feeling strong stronger that I don't even like saying that, but like I am feeling more resilient than I have ever felt because if, Mm -hmm. if you had told like early 2019 me everything that was going to happen in 2020, I would have been like that. You're never going to make it (laughs) like that person was so (laughs) rigid and so controlled and everything had to be a certain way. um, Or she would just flip out and she being me and i was forced to to you know really allow things to just be as they are and i think that that is a creative hack i think the biggest creative hack is presence mm-hmm. like really being present with what you're doing and it's not always possible like i want to disassociate so often all the time i want to um 
you know, leave my body or I want to uh, often that is, you know, not even available to me. But when I can, that's when the creative ideas flow and, and things get made really. And and sometimes they don't get made, but like Mm -hmm. you're getting inspired in in that time. Yeah. So you're almost anchoring into the allowing as opposed to having like all of these structures in place to kind of like navigate through it. Yeah. And like, I'm actually in a, in a mode, which is like why I brought up creative underdogs that like, I want to bring in more of those structures and I will, I'm just not Mm. really like, I, I gave a kind of terrible answer to your question of like, I wish I could say like, well, first I get my tea and then I, you know, do five minutes of morning pages and then I, you know, get into my work for the day and then I take a break. And, you know, I I can give those tips and I can tell what I've done in the past, but ultimately I think it might be most useful for people to hear like, I let go of all my routines and it's also okay. And I'll probably pick them up again and find new ones, but they ebb and flow. And I think that's like, that's probably how it ultimately works for most people creatively and productively. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And and now you're in this place where you just moved in to a new home. And as you're establishing your rhythms in your new home with this new project, you're going to establish little rituals and routines that work for you. And it's a beautiful lesson to have learned that you are still you without whatever little tricks you have up your sleeve. And you can play with the new ones too. Like playing with ceramics. That's amazing. Yeah, I I think so. I think it's really good to be a <laughs> beginner at something and it's really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I give up really easily. And I, I told my friend here who got me into it, I was like, don't let me give up because I have a really bad habit of like, if I can't find the remote, I just like won't watch TV. You know, I'll just get so frustrated and give up. Um, and I'm going to try to not do that with this and be like, okay, I can do hard things. I can keep going. And you know, try to get through that, that hump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned a bit about how this year has left its mark. And I mean, 2020 is definitely going to be a year that everyone remembers. When you look back, what's one thing you want to celebrate about this oh year? God. <laughs> wow. I, I, I will celebrate so so much self-awareness has come from... I mean, this this year was already going to be pretty strange for me because I'm, you know, January even. Like January 1st, I moved out of my apartment in, in New York and I put my stuff in my best friend's place, fully intending to come back to New York City and deal with it. And I, I was going to miss the winter. And so I went as far away from home as I've ever been to, to Bali and... Um, you know, I was traveling by myself and and then I was in Australia and then I was going to try on LA. But the LA I was meant to try on was like seeing people and doing stuff. And I remember that week I had like a bunch of plans and dinners and just how I lived in New York was just, I was going to just like fully do that here. Um, mm-hmm. Where everyone was kind of in their silos and I was going to go see everyone and... um and then that went away. And instead, I was forced to stay in one neighborhood with one group of people and create this community that 
of neighbors. Like I've never really had neighbors, you know, like in New York, I, I had, a, I had friends, but I didn't have a group of friends. Like I had a lot of friends and some of them knew each other. And sometimes I would hang out in a group, but, and I think I, I was talking to a, a friend in New York and she's like, I think that's kind of how everyone is here. Like no one really knew each other. We all kind of maybe knew of each other, but we didn't really mix groups or at least that was my experience there. We're here. Like I, fell into like I was living with people and and I I fell into like a community which is what I'd always wanted and I hope that that lasts forever and I hope that that these these friendships that I've made this year here and these neighbors like are so meaningful to me in a year that was so intense and I had a a, a kind of painful experience that that was like heartbreak-esque and mm-hmm. I I bounced back from it quicker than I did the last time. And I think I I saw my progress with that. And I saw that mm-hmm. the complication and the like seeing, you know, I learned a lot about self-worth through that experience of, you know, really putting someone and a kind of a group of people really on a pedestal and not being able to be myself during a year where everybody is going through it in one way or another because we're all so dysregulated because of this pandemic and just Mm -hmm. the year that it is. And I think there's something primal about that of like it levels everyone out to a certain degree of like, okay, yeah, I've put these people on pedestals and, you know, their successes and fame and whatever. And like, but also it's a pandemic for us all and we all put on our pants one leg at a time. And just the intimacy of that, like allowed me to see like, wow, I'm really like not able to be myself here. And what is that about? And like me trying to notice that. And then, you know, what I was talking about before of like stripping myself from all of my routines, all the things I clung to for comfort and safety. And, um, you know, even like physically, like no, getting our hair done and our nails done and all of these things that we did, like letting go of everything. And yet Mm -hmm. I'm okay. Like yet I'm here and like, Mm -hmm. I might prefer something different, but like, it's okay. I'm kind of just like, I think that's what I'll take away. Like, what can't you do? (laughs) Like if you can get through this, (laughs) like you, you can like everything else is going to be a cakewalk. And also like, we don't know when things will go back to, you know, and not to get bleak, but it's just like, yeah, you know, it's all, it's yeah, all no, so totally. intense. <laughs> yeah. And the, I mean, the expectation, the time horizon, like the ability to endure um, is something that I think where it's shifting and everybody's like, interpretation and understanding and experience is also going to be different. And so that's also really interesting right now. And all that you said really also comes back to that lesson of resiliency and you seeing for yourself, like that you are so much stronger, even though that word feels a little weird. It is true. It's really true. Yeah, I I think it is. And, um, you know, I think you see your progress that way, or I'm seeing my progress that way after, you know, growth isn't linear, growth is slow, but I'm seeing my patterns and, 
um, yeah, it's, it's definitely been illuminating, you know, I think the solitude of it. And in my case, like being around, I was kind of around people more than I was used to really during the pandemic weirdly. And that's also some people's case. That's not, you know, exclusive to me. I think other people have been like that too. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it really, this, this time puts a mirror in our face to examine a lot of things that, you know, we can't, avoid anymore and a lot of change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And unpredictability and, you know, a lot of it happened so quickly and then you were like, Oh, okay, this is where we are. And how long is, or how long will we be here? We have no idea. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, change was something that I wanted to talk a bit about with you because it's something we're all navigating right now. And it's also something that you seem to work with and play in quite a bit between your podcasts and the kits that you're offering and the teaching that you do. So how do you personally process change? Oh my God, that's so funny. I mean, you're right. I do. I think if if my ego had its way, I would never, ever change. I would like keep everything the same all the time. And I really do have like a very addictive personality in every sense where, you know, like a true addict, as soon as I find something that I like, be it a person, a fitness class, a relationship, a outfit, I want to figure out how I can keep it forever and increase the dose. You know what I mean? Like my mind instantly goes there. Where like I I often like if I like an outfit, I'll like buy a couple of the same shirt, you know, just in case. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, if I like <laughs> hanging out with someone, I'm like, when am I seeing you again? You know, <laughs> like I really like I mm-hmm. I've, I've noticed my attachment style a lot this year. That's been something I've I've learned. So I think the way the cookies crumbled for me is that I've just, the cards I've been dealt have, have not been very safe and secure and in one spot. And, you know, I, I haven't had like a super, super long-term relationship or, you know, lived in the same place for, for all that long. (laughs) And that wasn't my plan. Like I, I never, wanted to move to Los Angeles. I never like had that in my, in my thoughts ever. I, I didn't even, I had never even been here. Um, and it feels so mm. correct. I mean, when I was a child, I'd been here as an adult, but, um, yeah, it, it feels so correct. And I'm so happy I'm here. Like it, it truly feels great, but like the change of this, um, never something I could have anticipated. I, I just flowed, into being here. And I don't know if it's forever. Who knows where I'll go? I'm very open, but um, I wanted to move to New York so badly. Like that was like my biggest goal of life. And I did it. And it turns out I wasn't that happy there. It was cool. I'm so happy I did it. And I had a, a lot of really great experiences there. And I might go back, who knows, but probably not for a long time and maybe ever. And I think it's just like, with change, it's like, I don't know. Life is unpredictable. Change is a, the only constant we can all count on. So we might as well... It goes back to like rigidity. Like 
just be fluid Mm -hmm. and allow the change because we can't control it. And I think I don't like change really at all, but I do it and I resist it and I'm better for it. You know what I mean? And it's like, you might as well, Mm -hmm. if I just resisted it less and allowed it more, I would probably have a lot more ease. Um, But I'm doing my best. Mm -hmm. And I think exposure therapy, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 As you were summing that up, I was getting this visual of like a parent and a child and how parents do know better sometimes, but the child just like refuses and has to learn. Like they have to learn on their own. And that's so much of how we operate a lot is that we have to learn on our own. And it doesn't matter how much you read or how much you study or how much people tell you, um, open to it or resistant to it, you still have to be on your own path. And that's going to involve change and navigating it and resisting it and allowing it along the way. Fully. And, you know, I I wish that it could be avoided, but I think it's just why we're here, you know? My last question for you is how does the magic in everyday life show up for you, Katie? My lucky signs are pretty cool. Um, I can tell when I'm kind of in the flow, if you will. I see 22, like 222, 22. I think you maybe know this. I I don't know if I told you this, but like that, I'll see it everywhere in like a laughable sort of a way when things, when I'm like in alignment and, and feeling like I'm moving in a direction, directionally correct, I'll say. Um, mm-hmm. And, and things just kind of flow really beautifully when I'm, when I'm present like that. And I think something that has been helpful to me this year is something that my friend Joey told me, which I, I, I have a lot of anxiety around one specific anxiety trigger, if you will, which is like contact with people. So like people not getting back to me basically, (laughs) which is so silly because I barely get back to other people, but like I'm trying to be better at this and it could be like my best friend but like it's there's an insecurity there and it it, it, this is new like I didn't used to have this but like after a breakup and in 2019 suddenly I was like so shaky that I just needed to know everyone was like there for me at all times you know um Mm -hmm. which is like really codependent and like I've worked on since but I still have this like (gasps) no one's getting back to me and my friend Joey was like sometimes there's like she notices there's like you're not hearing from anyone. You're kind of feeling like, wait, what's happening? And then like a dam breaks and everyone gets back to you and everything's fine. Mm. And all the things you were swearing about kind of go away. And my friend Lacey in her work, she calls it a magic dark, I think a a similar sort of situation. And I'm really just connecting with that where like, sometimes it's just like, go inward, do your stuff, take care of you. And then you'll hear back from your people and then you'll have contact and then you'll owe other people contact and just like slow and steady. It's, it's okay. And eventually that dam breaks and like trusting that that happens. And, and I think also too, like I call it feeling sparkly, like when I'm seeing the 22s and the dam is broken and 
everything's kind of flowing. And when I'm not feeling sparkly, I'll say to my best friend, I'll be like, I just want to feel sparkly again. And she's always like, you will, we will, we will. Um, Mm -hmm. And Mm. just remembering that, you know, it's cyclical. That's the most useful thing. Yes. And my best friend says, we cannot be sparkle robots all the time. (laughs) I love that. I really relate to what you're saying. And yeah, when you're in it, it's beautiful and it's magical because it's magic. And also when you're not in it, that's when you have that awareness of how beautiful and magical it is because you're not in it. So there's, there's something there, I think. Agree fully. Well, Katie, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your magic with us. Thank you for having me. It's been so nice to talk with you and I'd love for anybody who wants to follow you and your work, how can they connect with you? Well, you know, I'm just to Google away, but you know, Instagram is probably the best spot if you care at all about like me. And then I have a Let It Out account. And if you like podcasts, listen to Let It Out. Um, And my anxiety podcast, which is a mental health podcast that's humorous with my friend Serena Wolf, um, that is called Spiraling. So it's on iTunes and all the places you listen to podcasts. And I'm on Instagram, my name, and then let it out with three T's. That's amazing. So many great places to find you. And Katie really does have one of the best Instagram story vibes out there. So she is well worth the follow. Oh, that is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for being here. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Visit KayleenElise.com for links and notes from today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram. I'm at KayleenElise. Please share this pod with anyone who could use a little extra magic in their everyday life. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll talk to you then.